This is Manuel Ashtok, founder of Your Next Act. And if you want to learn how to level up and be successful through masterminds, then you should listen to my good friend, Brandon Streza, with the Mastermind Effect. You love to learn, grow, and improve yourself, but you're still not where you want to be? The right mastermind can be the ultimate secret weapon when it comes to personal development, but trying to find the one that's built for you isn't always easy. Welcome to the Mastermind Effect, the one and only show that focuses on helping you cut through the noise, invest in yourself, and move past your natural limits. This is everything you need to know about masterminds, brought to you by your host, Brandon Straza. Hey, hey everyone. Today, we've got the founder of your next act, Manuel Astruc. He talks about how you get to choose. So focus on the fact that you have a choice in what you do. Manuel explains how stress and burnout in the entrepreneurial world is something that can be overcome. And Manuel lets us know how he helps his clients find the boundaries of time and resources between work and home life. Check it out. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show where you know I believe the only way to unlock your potential is to tap into the experience of others. And today, to help us do that, we have got the founder of Your Next Act, Manuel Astruc. Manuel, welcome to the show, man. Thanks so much. I, I, I can't wait to get started. Absolutely. Hey, when the listeners realize all the truth bombs and the golden nuggets you're just laying out there today, and they're like, you know what? I want to work with him. I want to learn more about Manuel. Where's the best place personally or through social that they can reach out and connect with you? Uh, my website, uh, Manuel Astruc, that's M-A-N-U-E-L-A-S-T-R-U-C.com, has a little place where you can sign in and that'll like hook you up with all the stuff that I'm doing on a regular basis. Awesome. 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 That'll be in the show notes. We, we want to make it super simple. When someone's sitting there, they're driving along, they're listening to you and I, how can you find them? And we'll make sure that that's in the show notes so people can reach out and go from there. All right, let's, uh, let's get into this. You know... <laughs> Our ability to have access to people and information and just learning has really changed over the last five, 10 years. When you and I were younger, textbooks, teachers, friends, family, our coworkers, the people around us, but that's literally a sliver of what's possible. How has your learning changed from your early years versus today? You know, um, I can tell you that podcasting um, and listening to podcasts probably uh, had the, one of the most profound impacts on my life. And it started about 12 years ago. I, I'm a psychiatrist in full-time private practice, very successful on the outside. But in September of 2008, I was completely burnt out. And the month before August, my twin sister Magdalena had passed away. She had a brain tumor and you know she lived the last years of her life with a big smile on her face and just like being grateful for being alive. In the next month, you know, after after a long period of of just being miserable, uh, I made a decision that I was going to change my life. I was going to enjoy the ride no matter what. And part of what helped me with that was expanding my learning, getting away from just learning about psychiatry, which is what I was doing all day long anyway. But uh, the world of podcasting, the ability to learn and to download information like at any point that you wanted to really uh, was profoundly impactful to me. Yeah, it really is. I mean, now here's the thing. It, it creates more noise, in my opinion, 
um, which is just the amount of data that you have access to, the amount of people that have a stage that they can talk on. And in order to find your signal, you really got to find the right people that are that are disseminating that information and, and giving that, whether it's through a podcast, whether it's through YouTube University, whatever it is, you got to make sure that the source that it's coming from, you know, knows what the heck they're talking about and that it actually pertains to you at the end of the day. But yeah, gosh, it's just, it continues to, the what we have access to just continues to expand. You know, there's never a want or a, or a need. I don't like using the word need, but there's never a want to sit there and say, I can't find and have access to XYZ information out there. It, it's remarkable that the speed of dissemination and the, our ability to curate material. Like if, you know, before you read a book, you can like listen to the author talk for an hour and decide whether you want to, you know, spend, you know, eight hours reading a book. It's remarkable. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, talking about information, we have more ways to take it in than ever before. Some people, they learn from online courses, accountability buddies, masterminds, online pre-recorded courses. My point is, there's a lot of ways to take in information and learn. Who are you currently learning from? And more importantly, how did you reach out and connect with them? I have a, a couple of places right now that I am pretty involved with. So the one of the biggest places is Strategic Coach. And Strategic Coach was on my radar for years. Uh, as a psychiatrist, I didn't feel like I had a right to call myself an entrepreneur because I had a service business. And all I had to do was hang up a shingle and people came. Like there was like no... I mean, I had to work hard to be a psychiatrist, but I wanted to do something entrepreneurial before I could consider myself to, to join in with Strategic Coach. And your next stack was the coaching company. It was the first thing that I sold um, and, and offered services to besides my, my medical professional stuff. Um, so I joined up with them. And next was Entrepreneur's Organization. Uh, the, the biggest things that I wanted to do and which I continue to want to do is to up-level the people that I'm working with. I want to work with the top of the top and punch above my weight class in terms of, you know, having access to leading edge, uh, ideas and, uh, people who are accomplishing things that, that inspire me and move me forward. Yeah. That's, and that, that's a thing. Like if you are comfortable in the room you're in, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. You want to have, you got to be comfortable being a little bit uncomfortable or a lot uncomfortable. I always say comfort kills. And I think it's, you know, being in rooms like entrepreneur, you know, the, the EO and the um, strategic coach, it's key and surrounding yourself with the result leaders, not the thought leaders. Everyone has a thought at the end of the day. And I know thought leaders is still a, a popular term, but I, I like result leaders, activators, because those are the ones that are getting the results. They're challenging themselves and they're in the mud. They're in the trenches with you while it's happening. Yeah. And it's, it's remarkable, right? Because it's not that hard to get that access. So I listened to strategic coach for years before I invested any money and actually spent time in rooms with those folks. Big difference. So the, the information is the same, but there's a whole different level of accountability and, and pressure on myself to, to like implement and to execute on the ideas that you're learning when you've got some more skin in the game. And you're meeting up with people every quarter to say like, what do you do this quarter? So it's, it's really great. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, a lot of people, they get stuck and you're in a couple of organizations that might help you get a little unstuck. You know, if you think about it, we're still in some form of a pandemic, but to me, it's causing a reset and how we can accomplish things. 
How have masterminds and strategic coach, how have organizations such as that and other masterminds helped you when you're looking to reset and get unstuck? I'll, I'll tell you a little story. When I started Your Next Act, I was uh, I, I had like a, a plan and it did not include the pandemic. <laughs> and the, the plan was to start local with local entrepreneurs and, and do workshops and, and coaching with them and, and get more comfortable and slowly progress and, and then go bigger and, and go national with Your Next Act to, to attract and to work with the highest level entrepreneurs that, that I could. And when the pandemic hit, you know, the decision that I made was that I had to go bigger, faster, um, because doing the small local workshops was just not going to work. And I've invested with agencies and with individuals to help elevate me and get my name out into the conversation with organizations and other places that I was going to wait five years to do. So it's really accelerated and uh, had me really punching above my weight class. It's not comfortable, but I've got the reason. I know that I can get people the results that I tell them that I can give them. And at the end of the day, that's, that's what I want to be doing. Yeah, absolutely. And mastermind-like experiences have been around for a long time. Probably the first one, the apostles. And then Benjamin Franklin, he creates the Junto Club or the Leather Apron Club. And then eventually Napoleon Hill, he writes a book. Talks about masterminds, kind of solidifies it and, and, and brings it to the forefront. As self-education, coaching, mastermind, strategic coach, items like that continue to gain popularity and grow, where do you see the parallels going between self-education and standardized education, university, college? Where do you see those parallels going forward? In my opinion, the world is changing so rapidly right now. School is a great place to learn how to learn. Uh, it's a great place to learn how to collaborate and how to network with people um, and, and to get your skill sets up and, and, you know, doing the work that you need to do. And then the self-education is just going to be critical because, you know, what was relevant two years ago is not going to be necessarily that relevant today. Um, so being uh, in those rooms where learning is occurring all the time uh, will just accelerate and, and get you to where you want to be. Yeah. And that, that is true. Um, you know, how quickly information comes out, how quickly things can change. Now, hey, you're always going to have those foundational items. You know, we talked about marketing 101 on something here, you know, before we started recording, but there's always going to be a foundation, but how, how much information changes, how quickly it comes out. Self-education is the way, you know, I, I get it. If you're going to be a doctor, a nurse, an engineer, if you're going to do what, what you did in, you know, in your previous career, I want you to have that piece of paper, like really want you to have it, you know, beyond that, gosh, to me, it's, it's, it seems difficult to swallow about a quarter million dollars in debt in order to get a marketing degree or a business degree or an accounting degree when you can work with people that are actually in those trenches doing it right there. Have you ever looked at it from that standpoint? Absolutely. I have that conversation with my kids all the time. I've, I've got one left in college right now. And what's, what's great about um, him, you know, we've given them, you know, learn, but, but do something that, that you're going to enjoy and, and, you know, figure out the skill sets that you need um, to get started so that you can blaze your own trail. Uh, but we don't want you, I don't want him thinking about the, the common path, you know, career or life by default. 
Um, it's really like you get to design your own life and and be thinking about that from the beginning. Yeah, if you think, remember that, I think there was a game called Sims or something like that. You designed a town, and that's what you can do now with self education with technology. You can design your best life depending on like who you've got that's that's guiding you. And I think that's where the right coach, the right mastermind is so key. Um, you know, typically when someone invests in their future, they've got a better than vague idea of what the outcome could be. They'll have an expectation, I should say. What should people expect when they enter your next act and work with you? So I work with high-level entrepreneurs. My my skill set, what what I've been doing for decades now has been working as a psychiatrist to help people get to a certain level. When they're having a hard time functioning, we get them back to functioning at at their usual uh, capacity. So I know, and with entrepreneurs, stress and burnout is, is something that they experience all the time. I've had those problems. I've overcome those problems and I know how people work. So um, my ability to have a deep knowledge of how people function, to have gone through those same problems myself and to be an entrepreneur myself really helps to get people, you know, past stress and success, which we know on many levels keeps people from performing their best and feeling their best in their personal lives and in their uh, business life. And we get them back to, to enjoying the ride and performing at the levels that they're capable of. Yeah. So, I mean, in essence, I mean, you're saying that we can overcome that stress and burnout when we have the right people in the right order to help kind of head that off. And if it's already happened, you still might, you still not might, you still need that person that can kind of help guide you through those murky waters from time to time. Yep. In many ways, you know, how I think about it is it's the same way that, you know, we had a, a physical fitness revolution and, and going back to running and the gym and, and taking care of your body was, was important. The mental fitness component is what I'm working on now with people. Yeah, I think. And then that's such a big thing. I know it's been key for my success and you know, it's continue to go at the rate. But I think we sit there and say, if I'm not working 16, 15, 16 hour days, I'm not being productive. I'm actually not being successful. And, and the reality is you can work the same amount of hours you're working right now. It's just how productive you are in that time frame. It's not about more hours. And, and not just that, but, you know, if, if you've worked on physical fitness, if, if you've had a trainer before, the last thing that they're going to tell you to do is to like rock every workout. Like it's got to be the best workout you've ever had every single time you go to the gym, right? That That is not how you get high performance from a fitness point of view. You'll, you'll break. Um, you need to, to build in, you know, recovery time. You need time in zone two and you need hit. I mean, so so you need to mix things up working hard at the gym every single day for most of us is, is not going to be a way to get the results that we want at the gym. No, I yo-yo dieting. And I'm not saying it because we're talking about the gym. Yo-yo dieting is business. Yo-yo dieting is marketing and yo-yo dieting is going to the gym. It's just not sustainable. The reality is you can't show up the same every day and, 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 and outperform what you want to look at maybe is raising the floor as opposed to breaking that ceiling again. Yeah. Yeah. So, so working harder at your business is not the way to get better results in the long run. Yeah. There you go. You know, I think people from time to time, they have a way of surprising us, whether it's their grit, their grind, the willingness to learn. I would love for you to be able to share a success story 
of someone that went through your next act and what was the outcome because of it? If you can give names and exact examples, love it. If not, equally as love it um, as we appreciate people's anonymity, but would love to hear a success story of someone that went through your next act. And so I, I, when I first started, I was not working so much with entrepreneurs. So just to kind of validate a process for me with, with moving into coaching, the, the first group that went through, it was group coaching back then. I'm doing one-on-one high-level coaching right now. But people had been stuck in their lives with aspirations and desires that they wanted to add to their lives um, for years. And we did a 90-day program where people had, you know, what are the goals that you want to hit uh, at the end of 90 days? And people had things like stop smoking, lose weight, uh, get back into the gym. There was all sorts of aspirational things that had been on their radar that they hadn't been able to achieve. And within those 90 days, everyone was, was level set. And what they talked about was that they'd had an identity change, that now instead of being someone who aspired to go to the gym and tried to develop a habit of going to the gym, they were someone who was someone who worked out or someone who was a smoker was now a non-smoker. So there was a transformation in terms of identity. As the program has progressed and I'm now working with entrepreneurs, one of the biggest factors has been the ability for people to really get back to focusing on them, on themselves and their needs and to allocate you know time to, to not not just the business but um you know the rest of the life and there's I don't have permission to, to give names right now right but I can give you some examples so a common one is someone who's having troubles at home you know, with, with let's say relationships and, you know, that can be all consuming and starts to drive you down with your performance at work. The, the ability to define the boundaries where you can give the proper allocation of time and resources to both work and home problems and, and to have someone, you know, provide the feedback. Yep. You're doing okay. Cause you don't always get the proper feedback from, from your environment. Right. So um, when you say I need to take time off from my family, people at work don't necessarily get up and cheer. Um, if you say that to, 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 you know, your family, I need to like take some time away from you and I need to spend more time at work. The people at home don't necessarily stand up and cheer for you. Right. You need someone who is uh, has some objectivity in terms of, yeah, you're, you're a little too much over here and need a little less over there. So those are pretty common problems. Other problems that people get into is, you know, just losing clarity as to where's the problem. Entrepreneurs, when they get bored, like create all sorts of problems. And, and you know, pointing that out, you know, the problem here isn't that, you know, this is broken or that's broken. It's that you're bored and we need to rechannel you, uh, you know, but... Uh, one of the things I love about the the work that I do is that people are endlessly fascinating. And and this the the reason I went into psychiatry in the first place was I loved to hear people's stories. Uh, and more often than not, with coaching, what we're doing is is rather than giving someone an answer, is really being a good mirror to them and asking questions. Yeah, you're helping them find something that's already in there. Yeah. And when when that aha, it's like you, it's like. Manuel leaves little breadcrumbs, little breadcrumbs. And then all of a sudden, the entrepreneur, whomever it is, he sits there and says, oh, ah, 
it's been there the whole time. And, and that's the amazing thing about the result leaders, the activators like Manuel is you see it there. You're able to see it, you know, objectively and say, or subjectively, I don't know, objectively, subjectively, you're able to sit there and see, like you said, a mirror and say, here's where it really is. Yeah. It's interesting. It, it's almost like you're in a dark room and you've got a flashlight and you get to point it into a corner and say, Hey, what do you see here? And then it's like, ah, oh, right. I see. I see. And the, the interesting thing in, in coaching versus therapy, um, there's a number of different uh, things that are different, but um, with coaching, I've got permission. People want results today. They don't want results next week. They don't want me, you know, to, to be coddling them. So, you know, the, the, in therapy, I may wait a while before I bring something up. I want to make sure that we have rapport and I want to make sure that someone's ready. Um, you know, with my high-performing entrepreneurs, they don't want that. There's like, you know, if you see something, call it out. Like, you know, for God's sake, call it out now. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So don't wait. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're paying good money and I don't care if it's $5 or $5,000 for whatever it is, they're paying money to sit there and be like, Hey, I'm not here for you to sugarcoat it. I need it now. Give it to me. Yeah. And, and, and the, the, that's, that's what I love about coaching. That's what I love about the right coaches and the right entrepreneurs that like, they sit there like, let's call it out, call a spade a spade and let's find a way around this. Let's unkink that hose. You know, when, when we talk on the solo shows, a lot of the time we talk about success and what does it take to be successful? A few things um, that we bring up in the pillars of success are mentorship, partnerships, experimentation, willingness to fail. And then on the flip side, willingness to define success and why so many people don't define success is because when you define it, you've in essence to define failure. And that doesn't seem very fun. What do you feel is a key attribute when it comes to creating and being successful? It's a great question. And I've had a couple of different definitions for, for success. Most frequently, I use one from Brian Tracy. And, and success was the progressive realization of a worthwhile goal, right? And more recently, Kathy Colby from the, the Colby test that, that, that she does, she says, success is the freedom to be yourself. And, and that's the one that I just love. <laughs> yeah, no fear, nothing holding back. This is who I am. It doesn't mean you, you like me, you hate me, or you even have to follow me. This is me. Yeah. Yeah, that, that doesn't stink. All right. I've got a few more questions as we, we get closer to the end. Um, I always feel that there, you know, in times of prosperity, the winds come in easier. But I think ingenuity and creativity come when we feel the squeeze. And the world is still feeling the squeeze in some form or fashion. What are you working on right now that's going to take place over the next 12 months that excites you? I'm just continuing to, to level up. Um, I'm reaching to, to be in the higher and higher level networks and masterminds. Um, my commitment has been to take the profits that I have from your next act. I'm not really paying myself a salary from that. I'm still working full-time as a psychiatrist. But it's all about pouring that into um, marketing and PR to get myself, um, you know, my first top 10 clients for one-to-one -one coaching. And as soon as that's filled up, uh, I'm going to have the freedom to cut away some time for my private practice. I've hired recently a couple of nurse practitioners who are able to take on some of my uh, 
patients who who I've been seeing for years. Um, but as I have more freedom of time, I'll I'll be opening up my group coaching program again for entrepreneurs. Yeah, and as as that as that grows, I, I'd love to hear more about it. And and that's it, you're kind of saying, hey, as I'm able to do this, success continues to come in through the way of you know pulling away here, reallocating those resources, and being able to go to what's important, where your passion is, and where your future is. And one of the things that has been uh, very central to the for me over the last twelve years has been defining for myself what is happiness. Um, you know, happiness is a, a difficult thing to define for us because it's this fleeting feeling. Uh, Sean Aker, who's a psychologist at Harvard, he says that he uses the, a definition from the ancient Greeks, he says. He says, happiness is the feeling of joy that you get as you strive to fulfill your potential. Um, and for me, there's been four pillars and the, the four pillars you know, first you need an on-ramp to, to, to get close to them. And the on-ramp is, is energy. Um, you know, focus on your sleep, focus on your f- moving more, eating better, gratitude practices, meditation practices, but real basic stuff that's easy to do and it's also easy not to do. And then the four pillars for, for happiness and what I want to be teaching and bringing out into the world. Number one is we're never finished products. Uh, learning and growing is incredibly important as, as a central part of our well-being and happiness. Number two is connection. Like you talk about masterminds and, and uh, contributing to groups, but our connections, our relationships, the tribes, the communities that we belong to, incredibly important for our overall well-being emotionally and physically as we age. Number three is blazing your own trail. We talked about life by default and life by design. Life by design is when you give yourself permission to follow your curiosity and follow what you're interested in, define what that purpose is for yourself, and and really allow yourself to, to have that freedom to be yourself and to blaze your own trail, no matter where you're starting from. Be thinking in that way. And the last piece was what I committed to after my uh, sister passed away, which is, you know, commit to enjoying the ride no matter what. Yeah. And that's a big one. Um, You know, enjoying where you're at, what you're doing, who you surround yourself with, and and just moving that needle in the direction that you want to move with the people around you. All right. I got one last one for you. What is a tip, a tactic? an actual item that if anyone listening to this today implemented over the next 30, 60, 90 days in their personal business life would see a real impact in what they're doing? I think there's there's um, two pieces to it. Number one is the realization um, you get to choose, right? So, so focus on the fact that you have choice. You have choice what you think, what you believe, what actions you're taking. So give yourself that, that you know, high level view of you get to choose. And then number two, like over and over, one of the simplest things we can do that moves uh, the needle a lot is um, a gratitude practice. Yeah. Okay. Would you would you mind going in just a little bit? Because I mean, I've heard of it, but some of the listeners might not. Go into a little bit of the gratitude pra- practice. When we are paying more attention to the things that we're grateful for, we start to shift how we're looking at the world on a, on a daily basis. So every morning, 
on Facebook, I do a, a, a Facebook Live, my morning musings that's about happiness and success and leadership and, and other entrepreneurial subjects, three to five minutes before I start seeing patients. And I always start with gratitude. And you know what's hard is like, if I haven't been thinking about gratitude, like for 24 hours, it's hard to come up with something to be grateful for. Um, but again, there is so much evidence that if we're keeping our minds primed in that direction, it improves our performance and it improves our performance in terms of memory and learning. It improves our performance in terms of relationship, creativity, health, uh, all across the board. It's a very simple practice that, that we can do. And, and study after study just shows that. Uh, there's, there's a study that I like to quote where uh, they ask optimists and pessimists to, to read a newspaper, same newspaper. And the, the study says, you know, count the pictures in this newspaper. And at the end of the study, you know, we'll give you five bucks. Uh, and the uh, second page is a headline that says, stop reading now and get $50. Um, the optimists, by and large, are able to look at that second page and see that headline and stop reading now. The, the pessimists overlook that. They'll get the right number of pictures, but they are, they're missing data. They're missing. They're not scanning. They're literally not scanning the environment in, in the same way that people that are more optimistic um, do. And they, they miss out on opportunities because of that. They'll get the right number of pictures, but they miss something that was more um, potentially helpful to them. And in that ability to be more optimistic, more pessimistic, you know, a real easy way to, to move that needle is gratitude. Yeah. Wow. It's, I'm, I'm running that through my head. So impactful right there. Um, and I'm putting the pessimist and optimist, I'm looking at it like the entrepreneur versus the, you know, everyday person and the entrepreneurs can be like, Oh, I'll stop right here. I don't have to, okay. I can reallocate my resources elsewhere. And I make 45 more dollars and I'm done quicker. <laughs> like, like that's a big payoff, right? For paying attention. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's For scanning. Yeah. Wow. We have got the founder of Your Next Act, Manuel Astruc. Manuel, thank you so much for your time and uh, look forward to hearing more as you grow your practice. I appreciate it very much. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to The Mastermind Effect, your secret weapon for personal development. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to share with a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcast host so you won't miss a single episode. You're one step closer to experiencing the Mastermind Effect.